Dear fellow redeemed, we consider briefly our gospel reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 9, into chapter 10. And have you ever stopped to, to think, to wonder, to consider what it was like for Jesus? I mean, aside from the whole like creation of the world that God spoke, and through that word, he created all things. As Paul tells us, that through him all things were created, and in him all things hold together. And I suppose there at the tree, when Adam and Eve were having their discussion, and God is shaking his head, no. No. And yet, God in his grace, who had known that would happen, God in his grace had decided beforehand that this Lamb of God would be the one to take away the sin of the world. And so Jesus came and he, he was born, he became incarnate, he took the humanity into God, if you remember that phrase from the Athanasian Creed a couple of weeks ago. And he lived his life, and then we get to his public ministry here in uh, Matthew chapter 9 and chapter 10. Have you ever paused to wonder what it was like? Jesus, who had grown up with these people. Jesus, who had known many of these people. Jesus, who had seen and known very clearly what God's will was, and in a sense that he had used God's word as the GPS for his life, that he knew what he ought to do and what he ought not to do. And yet, as he goes about his public ministry, all he sees is suffering. All he sees is sin. All he sees is people who are in need, people who are confused, people who are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. All he sees is God wanting to dis demonstrate and display his grace and his mercy to all of these people, his chosen people. God sees all this. And as Jesus is walking from place to place, he sees the pain and the suffering. He sees the way in which, in which God and all of his glory is detracted. He sees the way in which the people are helpless. Have you ever wondered? Because he isn't living detached from those people. He is living right with them. He had been to numerous funerals. He is living right with them. He had known friends who, who had, he had probably sat in Bible study with, and those friends had veered away and gone away. He had known people who had been instructed in the truth, and yet were worthy. Matthew gives us a little bit of a glimpse of that here in Matthew chapter 9, with this word talking about... Um, Jesus was moved with compassion for them. In verse 36. That Jesus was moved with compassion for them. And it's this word that, that is only used in the New Testament to describe God's compassion for people. Aside from the one time where God, um, Jesus applies it to the Good Samaritan. And even that is a picture of God's compassion for people. And we would say in English that your heart goes out to somebody. Um, in, in the Greek here, they would say something more like your guts go out to somebody. 
It doesn't have quite the same ring, at least to our ears. But, um, but you have that sense that when you care about somebody deeply or when you care about somebody's um, situation very much, that it's not just your heart, it's your whole body. It's kind of that, that sense that, I guess in English, we would use like butterflies in the stomach or you were sick to your stomach. But that same sense of emotion turned around into a positive way. Your heart goes out to them. Jesus looked and he saw compassion because, and he had compassion because he saw the way in which these people were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, like those whom God had chosen, those whom God had called, and those who were not being fed with the word of God at all. To pause for a moment, that the incarnate Son of God, that is the Son of God in the flesh, has this literal, human, visceral emotion of care and concern and compassion. And not just for those people. Not just for the ones that he had seen, but then he said, you know, I've got these, these 12 disciples that he had called. These 12 disciples whom he had made his own. And now he said, and he would send them out two by two, as we see in the rest of this chapter. Go, and you have power over, over evil spirits. Go, and say that the kingdom of heaven is near. The harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. And we're familiar with that. But you realize that Jesus still does the same thing today. That even though Jesus isn't visibly walking among his people, that Jesus still has his heart go out to you. He still compassions his guts out to you, if you want to put it that way. That his heart goes out to you in wherever your, your place or situation may be. That his heart goes out to you when there's a new baby born who needs to be baptized. That his heart goes out to you when you are wondering, where exactly and how exactly is my God going to bless me in this newest health challenge? His heart goes out to you when you also have your heart go out to others. People that we care about. People that we love. And people who are distant from our Lord. His heart goes out to you too. When we think about those people that we care about and that we know, and yet Jesus cares for you. That his heart goes out to you and he does so in such a way that isn't distant from you or I. But he became flesh. And not just, not just the fact that the Son of God became human like you or I nearly 2,000 years ago. Not just the fact that he became human and shares our humanity now and for eternity. But that his heart goes out to you and he wants to come to be with you. He wants to make his home within your heart. He wants to make his home within your home. His heart goes out to you so that he can give you forgiveness again. That's kind of the, the hymn that we just sang, the gifts Christ freely gives. It might be my new favorite hymn, at least in this hymnal. And what we see is the compassion of our Lord, where he has compassion for you individually and personally. Because you see, that's how it all works. That an individual is baptized. That an individual take and eat, take and drink. And that an individual, each individual gathered around the table, receives by mouth the same body and blood together with the bread and the wine. 
and the one coming in faith receives the spiritual gift of forgiveness individually. That, that when pastor stands up and says, Jesus died and was risen from the dead and, um, and your sin is forgiven, that that is a specific and individual proclamation. And you know that because it is universal. That Jesus died and rose and that guarantees the forgiveness of sins of the entire world. And yes, that forgiveness is forfeited when the faith is denied, when they don't know about Jesus. You see, the compassion of our Lord is so great and so immense and so intensely personal and individual that it necessarily has to be for all. That it is so individualized and so personalized so that you can know with absolute certainty that my Jesus bled his heart out for me. So that you can know individually and personally that your Lord has compassion on you. Simply because of the fact that he has had compassion on all people, but not as some nameless, faceless mass, but as an individual with a name and a start date and an end date and an eternity that your Lord cares so much for you with his compassion that his heart went out to you. And so he decided on top of these, these sacraments that he has given to us, on top of the external words that we sing and that we hear read today, he also has decided in his grace to provide a minister in his ministry with that specific purpose of proclaiming exactly what God says of saying, this is what our Lord has done. This is what is in line and in keeping with the proper Christian faith. This is the proper Christian action. This is how we exercise our faith. This is how we put our, our belief into practice. And that universal truth that has a faith, that universal truth of a Jesus who died for all, which means that Jesus who died for you, is a truth that in his grace and by the call of the congregation here, God provides the opportunity for that announcement, for that compassion, to attend you not only here in the worship service, but maybe if you're in an assisted living home or, um, or a rehab facility or a hospital, or homebound, whatever the case may be. That Jesus, in his compassion, he still sends those who speak on his behalf. And as Paul notes, that isn't a reason for arrogance by those who are called into that office. That is a reason for joy. That is a reason for, for rejoicing that this compassion in Jesus has no less compassion on you or I that this compassion to Jesus didn't just have compassion on those living in the land of the shadow of death. He didn't just have compassion on those living in the land of Israel or laboring under the empire of the Roman governor. But he has compassion on you. He has compassion on you. And the way that you know that is simply look around. You walk in, and, and there is that baptismal font, buried with him in his death and raised with him in his resurrection. And you sit down and you look up, and you see this beautiful image of Jesus who suffered and died with the arms of the cross bent and bowed 
from the weight. And you look up and you see the historical reality of Jesus risen from the dead. That the one who became man nine months before Christmas now retains his humanity for all eternity. That he is your brother and mine. And the fact that he walked out of that tomb is your guarantee that you have heaven with him. And even more personally and individually, to say, take and eat. This is the body and blood of Christ for you. And on top of that, somebody that, that Jesus has brought here at this particular time and for this particular place, to be able to look you in the eye and say that your sin is forgiven. To be able to look you in the eye and say, the same message that you hear today is the message that your loved ones will hear when they need to hear it most. That was um, one of the emails I got this last week. A guy who is uh, a couple years ahead of me. He was the same class as my brother. And, um, and I really like the way he preaches. And so he is often on our, on our podcast whenever it's available. Uh, Pastor Bader. And they had a, a little boy who, um, who went to heaven this week. And you start reading it. And it's like... He starts out by saying in the first sentence, this is the hardest email, the hardest words I've ever had to type. Uh, the little boy was just over three years old. Uh, would have been four, I guess, next month. Something like that. And the way that he went on to say that Phineas had simply fallen asleep, that he was not lost, that it wasn't as though he had simply lost the battle with cancer, and it wasn't just that that he had passed away. But the greater truth that this Jesus had made Phineas his own there in the waters of holy baptism. You see the compassion of our Lord. That when he designed these things, when he put these things together in the structure of his church, he did so for the certainty to communicate compassion to people. The certainty so that even in the case of um, you know, a friend who is, who is bearing one of his children, even in that case, there is the certainty that that loved one is with the Lord. Not because of the fact that, uh, of what he had done or left undone, but simply because of the fact that our Lord has compassion. And he loves to freely give his gifts. His gifts of forgiveness and life and salvation. And he loves to attach his gifts to a very tangible means that can be communicated and that can be distributed in water dribbling off the head or the taste on the tongue where you have what we kind of refer to as the foretaste of the heavenly banquet where we share in the fellowship of all the believers and all the saints. He has attached his word and given that word to people so that they may share it in a way that, that speaks not only to the specific need of the day but also can address the specific emotions that, that all are feeling. Because the gifts that our Lord freely gives has done so because his heart has gone out to you. That the Son of God became flesh and that he died and rose in order to demonstrate compassion. The compassion of his forgiveness of your sin and mine. In a way that is, yes, individual and universal at the same time. In a way that is tangible and, you know, you can touch it. 
and is edible. And it is a way that strikes the ear and addresses the life. Thanks be to God that when Jesus had his heart go out to these people preaching in the, the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness, that he still does so today. That he still has sent his ministers to proclaim the same truth, to use the same sacraments, to convey the same tangible forgiveness, to demonstrate the compassion of our Lord, that his heart has gone out to you. Amen.